friends, my name is Adam. Uh, the kids may know me better as Miss Sarah's husband, uh, one of the ones who's up here all week. Uh, that's my favorite title in my life. Uh, my second favorite is senior pastor uh, at our church, and it's just an amazing place to be, and I'm so glad you all are here in worship today. I'm going to date myself a little bit here. Uh, I love going to arcades, grew up going to arcades. Had my bachelor party at Dave and Buster's, and I, it, as, as turned up as you can imagine a pastor's bachelor party would be, it was, uh, it was lit, as the kids say. So I love, going, oh, I love going to Dave and Buster's. Man, my favorite game at Dave and Buster's is the spin and win. Have you ever seen this? Now, I need to address something. I am wearing a Chargers jersey. We all have things we're not proud of. This was a long time ago, and Tomlinson was on my fantasy team. So forgive me. I hope that doesn't uh, discredit me in your eyes. So uh, here I am. This was another time with uh, a youth group thing I was doing in like 2011 or something. And the spin and win is the, 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 bulb, the bulb lights up around the perimeter of this big circle. And you have to stop it at just the right point. And at the top there, you can see that little green sliver. If you hit the jackpot, you get like a 1,000 tickets. But if you're off by like a literal millisecond, you get like 10 tickets. So it's like if you miss it, well, ah, it's over. You've, you've missed out. And it's really easy to do. I think we can sometimes take a spin and win approach to thinking about God's plan for our life. Like if I don't get it just right, just right, I might mess it up. And that's a bad feeling to think that we might mess up whatever it is God has planned for us. Like if we don't make all the right decisions, we'll miss it. What we do for a job, where we live, who we choose as friends, what friends choose us to be their friend, what sport or instrument we play, where we, where we go to college, when we retire, these are all a big deal. But what if what God wants for our lives is bigger than we might think? What I hope we'll discover together as we study God's word today is that you can follow Jesus anywhere and love people everywhere. The verse we read every day at Vacation Bible School, we called our memory verse because we wanted kids to commit it to memory. It's from the book of Hebrews. That sounds like it's from the first half of the Bible called the Old Testament, but it's from the second half of the Bible called the New Testament. And it was a letter written to encourage Christians. And in that letter, we read this, chapter 12, verse 2. And you know what, kids? Would you mind reading this with me? Let's show them how we did it all last week. Let us keep looking to Jesus he is the one who started this journey of faith, and he is the one who completes the journey of faith. Very good. So let's break this thing down a little bit. What, is, what does this mean? What does it mean to look to Jesus? Well, we can read about his life in the Bible. We can come to worship and, and, and have an appointment with Jesus to encounter his power and presence through the Holy Spirit. We give Jesus our time to hear him speak. When we do these things, when we read the Bible or when we come to worship or when we pray, we can pray and tell Jesus how amazing he is, how thankful we are for what he's done for us, how much we need his help, and we can ask for help for others as well. And so the fancy word for reading the Bible or going to worship and, and praying and other things, the fancy word is the means of grace. These are the ways we can keep our eyes on Jesus. And so when you look at something, you're giving it your attention. And so kids, I'm interested. I think there's two groups of people in this room. Those who think their kids get too much screen time and kids who think they don't get enough screen time. Amen? <laughs> All right, so we got a little division here in the room. 
And so as a parent, now I realize I'm saying this with an iPad in my hand, but, you know, it's real tempting to just hand off the iPad and kind of check out as a parent and let our kids just check out on whatever they're going to watch. I may or may not have watched all of the Netflix quarterback series since Wednesday. So, but when you pay for the Netflix, then you get to decide how much screen time you get. That's how that works. That's how that works. Right, but we don't, we don't want our kids to give all their attention to a screen, right? Similarly, all looking to Jesus means is giving our attention to Jesus. We read, he is the one who started this journey of faith. That was in our verse from Hebrews. Another place in the Bible tells us that Jesus was with God in the beginning. Jesus has been around forever. And the Bible was written, it tells us, so that you may believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you would have life in his name. So Jesus came so we could put our faith in him and that we could know what the best kind of life is. That, to me, is what it means that he is the one who started this journey of faith. Another place in the Bible we read that we love because he first loved us. We believe that God is at work in our lives before we even know it. Sometimes we baptize babies at our church. And some people are like, what? We believe that God is at work in that child's life, that God knows their name even before that child knows their name. And that we believe when we put our faith in Jesus, we're responding to an invitation that Jesus first gave us. Our love for God is our response to God loving us first. He's the one who started this journey of faith. Kids, we believe that God is empowering you for great things and that God can use things like VBS to do that. And adults, the good news is that that process of God empowering you for great things in his name doesn't stop once you graduate. More on that later. Our memory verse for the week also said, he is the one who completes this journey of faith. We believe that Jesus goes before us and Jesus does what we cannot. When we sin, when we disobey God, we separate ourselves from God who's holy. And Jesus came to close that gap to heal our relationship with God. Not because of what we were doing for God, but because of what God was doing for us and sending Jesus and his life and his teachings and his death on the cross and his resurrection, his rising from the dead three days later. Jesus completed this journey of faith by making a way for us back to God. That's what it means when we read in the Bible that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Jesus completes the journey of faith by doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. So I want to make up for my errant Chargers jersey when I was a wayward football fan and, and tell you about last season, my sister Kelly worked in catering for the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, she served Commissioner Goodell hot dogs. She made Andy Reid's wife's chicken wings. And she prepared Eric Stone Street's party platters. And then when I was at the regular season game, she even snuck down and was able to say hi and, and get a quick picture. Well, then me and her husband, my brother-in-law, Doug, and my buddy Scott, we went to the AFC title game. It was amazing. And she actually brought us up to the suite area with all the fancy people. So we got to see her kitchen. Uh, we got to eat some free goodies. Do you know how much, just, just to get a feel for this, do you know how much a charcuterie platter is at a, at a Chiefs game? How about $1,000? gasp. Now, hopefully you learn more than that today. But I mean, like we ate 10 chicken wings and they're like 
$20 a piece. It was crazy. So we got some free food. We got to feel like big wigs. And we even met Chief's great Dante Hall. I'd say it was a good day, right? And so my sister brings us up to this, this suite level where otherwise we would have had no business being. And when we were going up to the top, we didn't have the proper tickets to get in. Now, my general rule is if you're trying to do something like this, just act like you own the place and act like you belong and no one will bother you, right? But when we were getting close to Kelly's kitchen, there was a security guard who did stop us. And he said to me, well, wait a second, sir, do you have the proper credentials? And, and I just pointed to my sister, who he knew, and I just said, well, well I'm with her. See, I gained access to a place. Y'all know I've been sitting on this for six months now. I gained access to a place, not because of who I was, but because of who I was with. I gained access to a place, not because of who I was, but because who I was with. That's the good news, man. That's the gospel. That's what it means that Jesus completes our journey of faith. Jesus promised, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And so if we, if we know the completion of the journey of faith is being in Jesus' presence, what happens till then? Well, are we, just, are we just hanging out? See, there's a version of Christianity out there that's like, you're just kind of twiddling your thumbs until you can escape to the sweet by and by. I would disagree with that. I think there are some good things. There's some good news about God's plan for our journey from now until the completion of faith. One of the themes of VBS that our kids learned is go where Jesus leads. That look a little familiar, kids? Right? Okay, well, then the question is, well, where, where, where's that? Where's Jesus leading? See, when it comes to God's plan for our journey, we worry a lot about place. Like, we, we get real hung up on what's the specific place that God is calling us to? What's the particular place that God wants us to go to? Where should I go to school? Where should my kids or grandkids go to school? What college has the best reputation in my major? Where's that located? What are the best post-secondary programs I want to explore? Where are they? What neighborhood has the best home value? Should I primarily work from home or the office? Where am I going to work? Will I travel a lot as a part of my work? And then we add to that the spin and win wheel pressure of if I don't pick the right place, am I going to mess up God's plan? This could cause us to always be kind of second-guessing. Like, well, what if? What if I would have done something different? Would God's plan have changed for me? Or, or we might build up resentment with God, thinking, well, if I had just done this one thing differently. Or it can also inspire apathy. Like, if we feel like we've missed the spin and win sliver of a jackpot, that like, well, I missed out, so what's the point in even trying any, anymore? In Acts 1.8, Jesus tells his closest followers who would go on to launch the biggest movement in human history, we're here because of the work they did 2,000 years ago. Jesus said to them, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. Now, Jerusalem was home base for Christians. I have a special computer from 1987, which makes these maps. <laughs> I, love the old, I love the old school Bible maps. That's, that's for me. So Jerusalem, you can see there towards the bottom. And that was in the country, the area of Judea, right? And then above that was Samaria. So this is what Jesus was saying. You will be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria. 
And then he said to all the ends of the earth. That sounds pretty broad to me. Sounds like there's a lot of places that would fit within the scope of the whole earth. So Judea would have been their surrounding country. Samaria would have been crossing a border into enemy territory. And so Jesus was calling his disciples to expand their witness, to tell of this good news locally, uh, culturally, and broadly into places that would be challenging. And then he said that their ministry and the movement would extend to the ends of the earth. That sounds pretty expansive to me. So we stress out a lot about the particular place God is calling us. And we forget that you can follow Jesus anywhere. Anywhere. Another theme of Vacation Bible School is that we are called to love who Jesus loves. The people who first followed Jesus came from all type of backgrounds. Fishermen, tax collectors, even a politician. We're going to talk about that next week. That Jesus called all kind of folks to follow him. And a lot of times when we think about God's plan for our life, we stress out a lot about what particular profession God is calling us to be. Well, in Colossians 3.23, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord. Sounds pretty broad to me. Whatever you do. So no matter where you go or what your profession, you will find people Jesus loves. And so we can follow Jesus anywhere and no matter where our journey takes us, we can love people everywhere. Last week, my assignment during Vacation Bible School was to, to run the slides in one of our rotation rooms. And we, I was in the outreach room. Outreach are all the ministries of our church that are focused on, not just internally at our church, but out, serving, reaching out, outreach. And I rolled up the first night, and, and I saw the kids coming in. You know, I did youth ministry, like, when I was winning the spin and win for uh, 13 years. And so I thought to myself, I wonder if some of our volunteers are going to need a little help wrangling these kids. I thought I'll ride in as the Savior, forgetting that, that especially that first night and every night. But this first night, our two particular folks that were helping were Miss Sue and Miss Leanne. And they had 60 years combined teaching experience <laughs> as if I was going to help them, right? So you see how, how that works. And all week, our kids were fascinated by the stories that uh, these amazing servants were telling them about people who needed help, about how our church needed help. We had, they had some games planned to kind of, you know, break it up a little bit. More than once, we didn't even get to them because the kids were just asking so many questions. I couldn't believe it. It was incredible to see. Now, like I mentioned, Sue and Leanne are both retired teachers, so they're not in that profession anymore. What, does that mean they're just done? Are they just hanging out? No, no way. Part of Leanne's presentation was her working in all these amazing things that Hillcrest does for their residents uh, in transitional housing, including teaching classes. Well, isn't it nice that Leanne happened to be a home economics and family and consumer sciences teacher for decades, and now she can go teach classes on nutrition and home management. I just thought that was an incredible alignment of God's plan for her life. Leanne and Sue know this secret, that our journey with Jesus doesn't be, is not limited to our place or our profession. That's not what it's about. Keeping our eyes on Jesus means we remember our true purpose. 
Rather than worrying a lot about place or profession, we need to remember our true purpose. In John 13, uh, Jesus had finished washing the disciples' feet. Just in, in that day and time, that was the stinkiest, lowliest, most humble job around. And then this is what he told them. Do you understand what I have done for you? I've set an example that you should do as I have done for you. And so when we look to Jesus, we find our purpose is to follow his example in serving others. You can do that in any profession you choose. You'll be able to follow Jesus wherever you go and love people everywhere as you serve them. Friends, God isn't out to trick you. God is not trying to get you on the spin and win wheel and have you be off by that much. He hasn't rigged it to mess up his plan for you and your calling. I think we get too caught up in trying to nail down the exact place and profession when really, as long as we're looking to Jesus for our purpose, we are following God's plan for our life. Have you ever heard of a Rubik's Cube? Do you guys know what those are? It was invented in the 70s by this gentleman, Erno Rubik, R-U-B-I-K, so Rubik's Cube. And by the 1980s, millions had been sold, and it's one of the world's favorite puzzles, millions and millions every year. I thought this was hilarious. On their website, they point out that the Rubik's Cube was featured in a Spice Girls music video. So I, you know I had to pass that along. I'm like, of all the things, okay. Spice up your life. Uh, I just, I couldn't, I'm just, I had to shout out to my 90s people, man. So let me find my place here. I'm thinking about Spice Girls. Uh, now, here's the deal. We got a little demonstration for you. This is our resident Rubik's uh, master, uh, Grant. So, the Rubik's Cube can have 43 quintillion configurations. I didn't even know that was a number. And so, no ma- it can be twisted all sorts of ways. And the goal is to twist the cube until each side of the square has a one uniform color. Now, Grant's mastered the one method to solve the Rubik's Cube. It's seven different algorithms and how to get it to match up. I think one of the mistakes we've made in church is to think that the pastors or the staff do the real ministry and then every other profession is just something else. Friends, I hope you hear me say this a lot. You don't have to be a pastor to be in ministry. I'm here to tell you, kids, no matter what profession you go into, you'll be able to follow Jesus and love people by serving them wherever God takes you on your journey. Adults, wherever your profession leads you, or when you retire from your profession, you still have a purpose following Jesus' example of service. And so just like a Rubik's Cube can have 43 quintillion uh, configurations, there's still one way, one road that leads, uh, that all roads lead back to. There you go. Shout out Grant. Somebody's, somebody's got a DQ gift card headed their way. But just like there's 43 quintillion configurations, but one way that leads back to the whole thing, to solving it, your life and your journey could look 43 quintillion different ways, but we ultimately all share one purpose. Following Jesus on the journey we're on and loving other people by serving them. Friends, you can follow Jesus anywhere and love people everywhere. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today, for this appointment with you. Thank you for a wonderful week where uh, our church engaged with these amazing students. Thank you for their families, for making the commitment 
to have them here every night. And thank you for this time together where we can celebrate the amazing gift that these, that these students are. God, help us not to get too hung up on the specifics, on the particularities about where you may be calling us or what you want us to do. God, we are your children. We're not just the sum of our occupations. And so God, wherever we find ourselves on that journey with you today, help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to look to you for what true life is, to look to you where our value comes from, to look to you for what saves us. Nothing we can earn on our own. God, we can't gain access to you through our own behaviors, through our own obedience. So we thank you that you sent your son to reconcile us back to you, to forge a way back to your love, not because of what we have done, but because of what you have done for us. That we thank you for an amazing week. We thank you for these amazing kids and this community that you have brought together. God, help us to know you, to grow together in faith, and to go serve the world in your name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.